Welcome to all those joining us for the Shir in Chaim Maharan. Today is Hay of the Yard Site of the Arizal. Rabbeinu Yitzchok Luria, Rabbi Yitzchok Ben Shlomo, who is buried in Sfas. And there are thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people that are traveling to Tzfas today to be at the Kever, to, to daven at the Kever of the Arizal, to use the Arizal's mikvah, which is very well known. And, and we hope and pray that all their tefillah should be in Eskabel Barotzayim. Today is also the yard site of my Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorfman, Zohan Ebracha, Rebbe Chil Michal, Rebbe Yeshua David Halevi, Schusa Yogan Aleinu. These great tzaddikim should pray for us and should defend us and should do everything in their power to help us get to see the Gula Shlema now in our time. We're continuing the Shir and Chaim Aran. We're in the section, Gudulas Noiroas Hasagosoi, the awesome greatness of Rabbenazal's achievements. And we're up to paragraph Choftes 29 within this section, and paragraph 269 in terms of the Sefer. Rab Nosanzal writes that this next discussion took place in the beginning of the month of Elul of the year Tovkuf Samachtes, which is about a little over a year before Ravenazal passed away. And Ravenazal said, he said that I am more humble than all of the tzaddikim that are known. Each one of them has their own mission. And, and mine is humility. And he said the humility re re reflects itself in different ways. And he said all these other tzaddikim, to me, all of them, are nothing. And he said this attribute of humility is that a person doesn't consider themselves anything. They consider themselves nothing. And since to me, I look at all of these tzaddikim and I see that all of them are nothing, so therefore I am their humility. And he said that, that uh, from among all the well-known tzaddikim, I am the one who has this greatest humility. And, and I see this one does this, this one does this. And I, I don't consider any of them great. <clears throat> he said, so if we put all of them together, I am the humility among all of them. So he said, however, the question is, where do I, who do I consider more nothing, them or me, myself? And, he's, and, and Rav Nelson writes that despite all of this, it seemed that Rav Nezal considered himself more nothing than <coughs> all the others. And so to Moshe Rabbeinu, Rav Nezal said, I find it difficult to understand what it says about Moshe Rabbeinu that he was the most humble person of everyone. Rabbi Nezal said, I don't understand how that could be said 
because all of them were his students, all of them which were much lower than him, much smaller than him. So how is it possible that he should be less than them? However, we must say, like what we said here, that, that his humility was greater than everyone else's humility, meaning <clears throat> that, that all of them, he considered, he realized how all of them are nothing. And at the same time, he considered himself more of a nothing than all of them, than everyone else. Rav Nachman Shirin, who gathered, who organized the Sefer Chaim Aran, writes, it seems to me that what Rabbi Nassau is referring to here is the fact that he achieved such an incredible high-level recognition of the greatness of Hashem that compared to the greatness of Hashem, whatever any tzaddik is doing for him is considered like nothing compared to the actual greatness of Hashem. And he himself, even though he was the rabbi of Klal Yisrael, because he achieved even a higher level understanding than them, despite that, he considered himself more nothing than all of them. Because as a result of realizing how great Hashem is, this is what made him <coughs> realize that compared to Hashem, all of us are tiny and nothing in comparison. And whatever we're doing, we can't pride ourselves, we can't think we're so great with what we're doing, because compared to Hashem's greatness, whatever we're doing is really tiny. Question in the chat, how can considering other people to be nothing be called humility? If an ordinary person, not Rabbi Nezal, said that he considered other people to be nothing, we would say that that's gaiva chas The answer is, we have to understand where this is coming from. That a person, that realizing and perceiving the greatness of Hashem, when looking at the greatness of Hashem, compared to that, everything else is nothing. Everything else, it's clear to the person that everything else is nothing and everyone else is nothing. However, when he looks at himself, he looks at himself as more nothing than, than, than anyone else, that kind of thing. So it's definitely not in the category of, of pride, Chas V'Shalom. There was a time, a little over a year, I believe it was about two years, before Rabbi Nezal passed away, when he, he had them call a cipher to check his tefillin, to have Rabbi Nezal's tefillin checked. This is the next paragraph here, paragraph 270, Ray Shine. And Rabbi Nezal said, the reason why I'm asking to have my tefillin checked specifically now is because he heard that Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Bardichev was traveling <clears throat> and that he was traveling to a much further distance away from his hometown than usually. And because of this, I'm asking to have my tefillin checked. Because Rabbein Azal said, the truth is, even though I said 
that I don't consider any of the other known tzaddikim as being anything. I, to, I, to me, they seem like nothing, but the Rebbeitz of Berdichev is very, very great in my eyes. And when someone as great as him and as, as recognized as him, when he's traveling to such great distances, and this was sort of a fundraising trip, to be able to, to achieve support for himself and for his kehila, for his yeshua, for his yeshiva. Rabbi Nezal said, this is considered to be a pegam in the hispaharus, a pegam in the pride of Hashem. Because we know that the Jewish people are referred to as the pride of Hashem. There's a pasuk, Yisrael asher becho espoer, the Jewish nation, in whom I take pride. So Klal Yisrael is referred to as the pride of Hashem. And the tzaddik is the main pride of Hashem because he's considered the, 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 the ultimate pride of Hashem. And when a tzaddik like that is, is staying home, when he's not doesn't have to travel, then it's the fulfillment of the Pasuk in Yeshaya, chapter 44, where the Pasuk says, the beauty, the real beauty of a person is when the person is at home, when the person is able to stay in their home. And Rabbi Nassau said, this could be compared to the batim of the tefillin. The boxes of the tefillin are referred to as bias. Each box is referred to as a bias in which is housed the parshias. But when a tzaddik of this caliber is forced to travel and, and long distances, and remember in those days, the travel wasn't by air-conditioned trains or planes. In those days, the travel was in a wagon with horses and a coach. And, and when a tzaddik is traveling like this, unfortunately, he experiences insults. Because when a person is traveling, they don't have the conveniences and the comforts that they have at home in terms of fresh, clean clothing, all the different things. As is brought in the Medrash, as the Medrash says about Avraham Avinu and Sarah, that when they traveled to Mitzrayim, at that point, when they, when they arrived in Mitzrayim, Avraham Avinu commented about Sarah Imenu, that now I know that Hashem has blessed you with unusual beauty. So the Medrash says, what happened now that he woke up to this? And the Medrash explains because usually when people are traveling, when men and women are traveling, the travel alone doesn't allow them to have their best appearance. And, and Sarah Imenu, when Avram Avinu saw that despite the large distance that they were traveling, she still retained her beauty, her extraordinary beauty, he said, now I realize that you possess divine beauty. So now Rabbi Nezal said, that the, when the Berdichevarov is traveling like this, and in the travel, based on his greatness, he certainly is experiencing insults, meaning because people, many people that he's going to be meeting don't realize who he is and how great he is, and to be able to show the proper respect for so great a Talmud Chacham. So therefore, the certainly experiencing Bizyonis insults in collecting money, which, which a person of his caliber doesn't deserve those insults. 
And because this Hisparus of Klal Yisrael, this pride of Klal Yisrael, this great tzaddik, is experiencing these insults, <clears throat> and he had to leave his house in this manner, therefore, there's a shash, there's concern regarding my tefillin, that are also the batim, and tefillin is also referred to as Hisparus, pride. The Gemara says that tefillin are called pe'er. The, the Pesach says by Yecheskel Anovi, that Hashem said to him that other people, when a parent passes away, they're not permitted to put on tefillin right away. But by you, you should, you must wear your tefillin. So we see tefillin is called pe'er. So therefore, Rabbi Nezal said, when I see that the pe'er hador, the, the pride of the generation, the beauty of the generation, that's how Rabbi Nezal referred to him, when I see that he's enduring insults and embarrassment and in, in this travel, being out of his house, therefore I have a suspicion that Chas could be my tefillin, have some type of a pigam. And Rabbi Nezal tefillin were checked by the Sefer and Baruch Hashem, he saw that everything was beautiful, everything really looked perfect, Baruch Hashem. But the fact that Rabbi Nezal wanted to have his tefillin checked in, in these circumstances was a display of the tremendous respect that he had for Ablevitz of Radichev. He referred to him as the Pe'er Hador, the beauty and pride of the generation. Any questions? The next paragraph, Reish Ayin Aleph, 271. Rabbein Azal said, the incredible benefit of, of a person who's to come close to Rabbein Azal, there's no way we can evaluate how fortunate a person is. And, and Rabbein Azal said, even though there, there are words like this, people say things like this about other people also. But he said, the truth is, those people who come close to me, just the coming close alone is something very, very special. Because even if the person who's coming close is not yet a tzaddik, and he's not perfect, and he's not doing everything right the way, the way he should be doing, still, the fact that the person finds themselves being part of such a group of people who are coming close to a tzaddik, to a level of holiness like this, this definitely helps tremendously. And with time, if the person stays part of that group, the person will definitely be inspired and motivated and will be to a real tshuva. And Rabbi Nassau said, if you look with your own eyes, you're to hear incredible things. And even if people don't appreciate how, how great these chidushim are that Rabbi Nezal was revealing, the fact that there's to be present at the time that Rabbi Nezal reveals, receives and reveals these chidushim, this also is an incredible benefit to the person. And how much more so if the person is to hear it, to actually hear it and to understand it. And Rabbi Nezal said, that's if a person was to hear 
chidushin like this even once a year. And even if a person was zechet to hear the type of chidushin that Rabbeinu Zal revealed, even once in his life, that would also be enough. Because the Zohar Kodesh says in a few places, when the students of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi heard some of the things that he revealed, they said, if we came to the world just to hear this one item, it was worth it. Our entire visit to earth, our whole life in this world was worth it just to hear this incredible Chiddush. And Rav Nosson how much more so that we are zeichet to hear several times a year. Rabbi Nezal spoke several times, six different Shabbosim, and on Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah, we're zeichet to hear such awesome, wondrous Chiddushim that were never heard before. Rav Nosson that Rabbi Nezal said to me at that time, Ot her neshama, your, your neshama is listening, is hearing. Meaning, for example, this Chiddush that Rabbi Nezal said about tefillin, about having his tefillin checked, because Rabbi Yitzchak Bradichev is traveling and he's being forced to travel a larger distance than he normally travels, this alone is an example of an incredible Chiddush to understand what tefillin are and how the tefillin are connected to the tzaddik, to the pe'er hadoel. And Rabbi Nezal went on to say that even when a person finds themselves in the lowest, lowest levels, still the person crying out to Hashem, the person cries out to Hashem, even though right afterwards they, they cry out to Hashem and it's finished, that also does not go lost. And even a person crying out Hashem, Mamish mi beten sho'el, from the bowels of the lowest level of Gehenna, that also does not go lost. Like it says in the Zohar Kodesh, besoi galov ato that when the waves lift themselves up, you Hashem smooth them over. And Rabbi Nezal said that this, that a person tries to lift themselves up, to try to achieve a certain aliyah in coming close to Hashem, even though the person doesn't necessarily achieve what they're trying for, the fact that they're putting in that effort and they're trying to lift themselves up and trying to reveal a little bit of holiness, that itself is a tremendous praise and very precious in Hashem's eyes. This is how Rabbi Nezal interpreted this sentence, Besoy Galov, when a person tries lifting himself up like the waves lift themselves up, Ato Teshachem, this itself is a form of praise and pride to Hashem. This is a Shevach to Hashem. The next paragraph, Reishayim Beis, Rav Nosanzal writes that Rav once said about himself, I am the Sova de Sovin. I am the elder of the elders. And Rav says, if you study carefully the 13th story in Sipurim Isis, the story of the seven betlers, the first betler, who was blind, 
And the great eagle said, testified about him that he's very, very old. He's older than all the other eight Zikanim that were there, that each one prided themselves with how old they are and how far back they're able to remember. And then the betler said that I'm older than all of you because I remember nothing. I remember when there was literally nothing other than Kaviyochel Hashem. And despite that, he said, I'm very young and I haven't even begun to live. I haven't even started living. Rav Nosanzal says, if you study that story, you'll be able to understand a little bit and get an idea as to the level Rav Nosanzal was referring to. We know that the Sifrei Kabbalah speak about the different spheros, the different midos of Hashem. And the lower midos, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid, and Malchus, are referred to as children. The Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, are referred to as parents, Avois. They correspond to Avram, Yitzchok, and Yaakov. Chachma and Bina are referred to as grandparents, Sovin. And the Keser, the highest level, is referred to as Sovin, the Sovin, great-grandparents in a sense. The, the highest, highest level. Now, Rav Nassim is here <clears throat> that, that it's possible that this is what Rav Nassim was referring to. We know the Gemara says that Mashiach, Mashiach ben David will only come behesach hadas when people aren't even, aren't expecting him, he'll come as a surprise to everyone. And, and one of the interpretations in the Gemara is that people will not realize that Moshiach is among them, that he's, he's already there. And, and Rav Nosanzal said this to Rav Nosanzal, Rav Nosanzal said this to Rav and Rav nodded in approval, yes. And Rav said that it says in a Pasuk in Yirmiya Hanavi, Vahoyo Adiroi Mimenu, their leader, their king, their great one, will be from among them. And then Rav became inspired, and he said, if you take a look in the Gemara, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Omar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, Imen Chayahu, that if Moshiach is among the living, then it's someone like me. As the Pesach says, that their great one, their great powerful one, will be from among them. And Rav Nachman we hope that we hope that Moshiach will be revealed speedily in our days.
this this discussion between Rav Nassim and Rav Enizal took place short right after Rav Enizal revealed chapter twenty eight in Likutei Moran, where Rav Enizal spoke about the differences between different levels of Torah that Sadiqim reveal. And Rav Nassim couldn't contain himself, and he said these words, speaking about Moshiach. He spoke about this in the presence of the others that were there. The next paragraph, Reishai and Gimel, Rabbeinazal said about himself that he never did anything in life before he knew the depth behind it, before he knew the secrets behind it, the Kabbalistic meanings, the mysticism behind it. And as an example, even this, that people smoke a pipe during Rabbeinazal's time, Rabbeinazal said he never, he didn't start doing this until he knew the secret of, of what could be accomplished through this Kabbalistically. And the same thing was true regarding other things. Rabbeinazal said he never started to do something until he knew the soid behind it. And even though Rabbeinazal did know the soid regarding smoking, this issue of smoking, Rav Nassim writes that despite that, Rabbeinazal warned us many times to stay far away from this. And one time Rabbeinazal spoke about this, about the fact that people during his time were smoking, and he said that it's a big, it's a big foolishness, a big silliness. And there were some people that were saying that the smoking actually cleanses the body, the system, Rabbeinazal said it doesn't help at all whatsoever for any cleansing. And so too smelling tobacco, smelling tabak, which became a custom, especially among Hasidim, some Hasidim, Rabbeinazal said that that's even worse. As we find a sicha regarding this, we'll see it later on in Chaim Aran, in one of the later, later chapters. Unfortunately, today there are still many people that smoke, that smoke cigarettes and other things. And by some people, it's become a, a symbol of wealth. People buying $100 or $500 cigars from Havana and other places. Rabbi Nazar spoke out very strongly against smoking. And Rabbi Moshe Burshin if he ever saw a breast of a smoking, he would look at him like, Weird, weird. How could you how could you be associated with Rabbeinazal? And and when Rabbeinazal spoke out so strongly against this, how could you possibly do such a thing? We see, unfortunately, that this is still a test. Shem should help that all of us should be zeichet to to pass the tests. Any questions, please? Reb Nathan. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, you're not coming through clear. It's connected to a thought, a secret. Is it is it true that if a person say was studying, you know, halakha and and like, I'll try to.
please. There were people that said that the that the that the when great tzaddikim would smoke, that they were able to affect the tikkun of the k'toyres. The k'toyres was an offering, was a a smoke, an osham that went up from those special eleven spices that was considered one of the holiest korbanos. The next paragraph, Reisha and Dalit, 274, Rabbein said, as to what's going to become of me, I don't know. But one thing I was successful, I succeeded in accomplishing, in getting Hashem to agree with, that the, the final Redeemer, Moshiach, will be from my descendants. And Rabbein Azal said this publicly, and he warned us to treat his children and his grandchildren with respect, with great respect, because he said they are precious trees, and there'll be wonderful fruit that'll grow from them. And Rabbein Azal also commented that his descendants, he took, he took their neshamas from the Olam Hu'atzilus, from the highest of worlds. And again, it's been customary in Breslov. There are today still some descendants of Rabbi Nezal, and when people are aware of this, they try to treat them with respect. In Uman on Rosh Hashanah, for example, until recently, one of Rabbi Nezal's descendants, Reb Shimshin Barsky, who lived in Bnei Brak, and he would come to Uman for Rosh Hashanah, and he was given the aliyah, the aliyah that Rabbeinazal usually got, the aliyah of Revi, was usually reserved for him being a descendant of Rabbeinazal. He himself was a tzaddik in his own right, a tremendous Talmud Chacham and an Oved Hashem, but that respect was shown in order to show respect for Rabbeinazal's descendants. The next paragraph, Reishai and Hay. Rabbein Azal said, people think that when Mashiach comes, there'll no longer be death in the world. <clears throat> but Rabbein Azal said, that's not true, because even Mashiach himself will die. Now, we, we know there's a Gemara in Sukkah, page 52, where the Gemara there speaks about this topic. The Gemara there says... <clears throat> Moshiach ben David, who we hope will be revealed soon in our time, Hashem says to him, Ask me for something, and I'll grant it to you. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Asapra el Choik, Pasuk there alludes to this, Ani hayoyim yeledeticha. Hashem says, I have given birth to you today, Make a request of me, and I'll see to it that the lands of the Goyim will become your inheritance. And the Gemara goes on to say, When Moshiach ben David realized and saw that Moshiach ben Yosef is going to die, will be killed, Oimer Lefonov, Moshiach ben David said to Hashem, Ribayne Shalolam, Eni Mevakish Memcho Elochayim, 
The only thing I'm asking you for is life. And Hashem says to him, Chaim, Ad you're asking for life before you asked for this. <coughs> your, your father David Amelech already prayed for this. Shenemar, as the Pasik says, Chaim he asked for life from you, from Hashem, and you Hashem granted it to him. So this tefillah for life implying, implying. <coughs> that even Moshiach, Moshiach ben Yosef, it's brought, will be killed, and Moshiach ben David, Rabbi Nezal said, will also experience death. It's interesting to note, I heard from my Rebbe, Rav Rosenfeld, pay attention to these words, Chaim Sho'al Mimcha, the first letters are Ches Shin Mem, of the word Moshiach. Where's the Yud? The answer is the word Chaim, has two yuds in it. Actually, one yud would be enough. If it had one yud, you would still read it Chaim. The extra yud is this yud of Moshiach. So that these words, Chaim Shal Mimcha, that he asks, he requests life from you, the first letters make up the word Moshiach. <clears throat> and Rav Zal speaks about this a great deal, that Moshiach will be the, the epitome of life, true life, true living, a person who, who will live life to the fullest. We know that on Erev Rosh Hashanah, there's a, 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 there's a long slichas that we say Erev Rosh Hashanah in the morning, and one of the outstanding paragraphs that we say there in the slichas of Erev Rosh Hashanah in the morning is a, a, a giant paragraph where it speaks about Chaim, it repeats the term Chaim maybe 20, 30 times, emphasizing this issue of life, pleading with Hashem to be zeichet to life, meaning that I don't want to just exist in the world. I want to live a, a real life. A real life is a life of Torah and Tefillah and Mitzvah Semais and Toivim. A question in the chat. Every halacha is connected to soid. Is that correct? The answer is yes. And so if a person is having difficulty comprehending a halacha in Shulchan Aruch, such as the laws of ribis, of interest, taking interest on a loan, does this mean that there's a soid aspect that his soul needs to learn or to rectify, and so he should especially keep trying to comprehend the halacha until he gets it? The answer is, Rabbi Nazal speaks about this in Likut Imran, that halacha is something that applies to everybody. Every single Jew, no one is exempt from learning halacha and knowing the halacha. And there's a pasuk in Tehillim, Horiu Hashem kol ha'oretz, sing to Hashem, praise Hashem, the entire world. The first letters of Horiu Hashem kol ha'oretz spell the word halacha. That applies to everyone. Then there's Kabbalah, there's the secrets of Torah. Here there's a posuk, Hishtachavu Lashem Bahabras Koidesh. We bow to Hashem in his holy domain, referring to the, the inner palace of Hashem Kaviochel. The first letters there spell the word Kabbalah. 
And so the limit of halacha applies to everyone. Everyone has to try to study halacha to be able to know what to do, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. The limit of Kabbalah is another level. It's a much higher level to be to appreciate the depth of the mitzvahs and the depth of the Torah. We know the Chidozal writes, Al-Tihiyu Kisus Kefered Ein The Chidozal was speaking about the fact that there are people in Klal Yisrael who try to discourage people from learning the Zohar Kodesh or learning the writings of the Arizal was studying Kabbalah and giving many reasons for it. And, and the Chidor was one of the people who did study Kabbalah and wrote many sforim clarifying many things in Kabbalah. So the Chidor says on this Pasuk in Tehillim, the Pasuk says, don't be like a horse, like a mule that doesn't understand, a dumb mule. And he says the word pered, peresh dalid, makes up the first letters of pshat, remez, drush. Those people who refuse to learn the soid, to look at the soid, and they say, it's enough for me. I, 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 I'm not finished yet learning Pshat Remez Drush. They make a point of avoiding and discouraging people from looking at the soid. He says, those people remain in this category of sus and pered. The, the limit of soid is very important, very special. However, all study of Torah requires a Rebbe, a teacher, a guide. The Torah is divine wisdom. It requires guidance, and especially the limit of Soid definitely requires guidance. It's not coincidence that we're speaking about all of this today on the Yorzai to the Arizal. There were many that said that the Arizal was Moshiach ben Yosef. And, and the Arizal was a Chiddush, an incredible Chiddush during his time. The Arizal passed away bef- at the, before the age of 40 years old, approximately 40 years old. And yet he achieved a level that was way, way, way above all the rabbis of his generation in being able to reveal secrets where in the Zohar HaKadosh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoyzal tells his students that there are certain things that we cannot reveal at this point. And the Arizal came along hundreds of years later and said, now we have permission to reveal, to elaborate, to explain some of these mysteries. And he's the one who prepared the Kisve Arizal, as it's known, the writings of the Arizal, uh, 14 sforim, approximately, actually more, because there are some contrasts smaller sforim, but the the shor, the Shmoyne Sha'orim, the Eight Gates, Shar Ruach HaKodesh, Shar HaGilgulim, Shar HaPsukim, all the different, all the incredible different revelations explaining what, what my Rebbe Rav Rosenthal referred to as the geography of heaven, the whole layout, Kaviochel, of the different worlds, the heavenly worlds, and the, the Midas of Hashem, and the different levels of the soul, giving incredible clarity on all of these topics. Any questions, please? Question, if the Arizal was Moshiach and Yosef, why wasn't he killed? The answer is killed doesn't have to mean physically necessarily. The Arizal said that there were certain things that that brought about his death, that forced his death in a sense before the right time, revealing certain secrets, 
there was a time that Reb Chaim Vitalzal pressed him to, to reveal something. And the Arizal said, don't press me because this harm will come out of this. And it resulted in the Arizal's son passing away. And the Arizal also himself, it's possible that one of the things that led to his passing away at such an early age was the, the incredible secrets that he revealed. Even though Hashem wanted him to reveal this, Rabbein Azal speaks about this. In, we, we've discussed this before, that Rabbein Azal said, imagine if the Arizal and, and, uh, said that, that, that revealing a certain secret caused somebody to pass away, how much more so in my case, Rabbein Azal said, the fact that I'm revealing so many new things, that is it, is it any chiddish that I'm going through what I'm going through? Rabbein Azal had children pass away during his lifetime, his wife passed away, and all the other difficulties that he endured. The next paragraph, <clears throat> paragraph Reishai involved 276, Rav Nilsenzal says, I heard it told over in the name of Rav that he said that he feels the pain of the Jewish nation before all of its tzaddikin, because he knows the decree and he knows the suffering when it's still in its earliest stages, when it's still it, up at its source. And then only later does it reach other tzaddikin. And Rabbi Nezal said, the reason for this is because I recognize how small I am, my shiftless. I really know my shiftless. And because of this, I realize how special and how holy the Jewish nation is, how great and, and special they are by Hashem. Because the, the Neshamahs of the Jewish people come from the most incredible, awesome, high place. And this is part of what allows me to, to receive this information at its earliest stages. May Hashem have Rachmanes on us and eliminate all the decrees and turn everything around for our benefit. Now the next paragraph, Reisha in Zion 277, Rav writes, we already spoke about this earlier, <clears throat> that Rav would get very upset when he heard rabbis, Jewish leaders, that, that heard that they were possibly decrees, major decrees going to be issued against the Jewish people. And these people would say, no, Hashem, will ne Hashem would never do something like that to us. And Rabbi Nezal said that they're making a terrible mistake with this attitude, because we've seen that Klal Yisrael already endured major suffering and terrible decrees. And Rabbi Nezal was very, very afraid of these impending decrees that the Russian government was, was brewing. And he spoke a lot about it, and he tried to do everything in his power with Mesiris Nefesh to try to sweeten those decrees. And he wanted very much that every single Jew, especially the leaders, should daven a lot, should pray very hard to Hashem, beg Hashem that these decrees shouldn't come as our forefathers did, as Avram Yitzhak Avinu did, and as Mordechai Hatzavik did. When Haman Arosha rose up, he didn't say this, 
this could never happen, that the Jewish nation will be wiped out, but rather Mordechai Atzadik and, and the children he was teaching, they fasted and they were mispalel. They did everything in their power to, to avoid, to eliminate those decrees. So too, we are obligated and required in every generation to cry out to Hashem regarding when we hear that there's possible decrees in the world. And may Hashem listen to our tefillahs and eliminate degrees and turn these decrees and turn everything around to our benefit. The next paragraph, Reish Ches 278, Rabbi Nezal said that he succeeded in getting Hashem to agree with him that whenever anybody would come to him and ask him to be mispalel for a woman who was having difficulty in childbirth, that the difficulty in childbirth would stop when, when the case was presented to Rabbi Nezal, and that as soon as they would present it to him, she would give birth immediately. And this is something that's known in Breslov, and it's known that people usually try when it's possible, if chas a woman is experiencing difficulty in childbirth, to try to contact someone in Oman, someone that's in, in, in a position to go to Rabbein Azal and be mispalo there for the woman that she should be able to give birth easily. If that's not possible, then people go to a, a student of Rabbein Azal to ask him to be mispalel through his connection, with his connection to Rabbein Azal, that Rabbein Azal should affect, Rabbein Azal should be mispalel on behalf of this woman, that she should be able to give birth easily. Any questions? The next paragraph, Reish Ayin Tes. It's incredible. The, these next two paragraphs that we're going to have are dealing especially with the Arizal. <laughs> Rav Nosanzal says, I heard it told over in Rabbein Azal's name that Rabbein Azal once said that after Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoyzal passed away, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoy, who was such an unusual tzaddik, the world was quiet. There were no spectacular tzaddikim like that again until the Arizal came along. There were, there were the Amoyroim and the Gemara who all revealed Torah, but we're talking about somebody who should reveal secrets, new things that nobody had ever heard before in Yiddishkeit. There was no one that like, like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoyzal until the Arizal came along who was also a chiddush of this caliber. And the Arizal revealed new things that no one had ever revealed before his time. Then from the Arizal until the Baal Shem Tov, also Rabbein Azal said, the world was relatively quiet. There were no extraordinary chidushim until the Baal Shem Tov came along, who was again a chiddush nifla who changed the map of the world, of the Jewish world, with the Torah that he revealed 
and the students that he was Makarev, who all became leaders in the Olam HaChasidus. And then Rabbi Nezal said, from the Baal Shem Tov's time till now, also the world was relatively quiet and the world was, was going along with the light, with the, with the revelation that the Baal Shem Tov had revealed until now, until I have come. And now Rabbi Nezal said, I am starting to reveal again new chidushim that have not yet been revealed by any any gen, any tzaddikim before earlier. The next paragraph, Reish Pei two hundred and eighty. Rav Nelson says this took place on the twenty fifth of Nisan in the year Tov Kufayin. This is about two weeks before Rabbi Nezal left Breslov and moved to Uman. Rabbi Nezal writes, Rabbi Nezal was speaking to me about the chidushim of the Baal Shem Tov, that the Baal Shem Tov revealed a whole new derech in the world. And Rabbi Nezal said that it's only in the Kisve Arizal, in some places, that we find some things like this. And then Rabbi Nezal went on to praise tremendously the writings of the Arizal, who revealed such incredible, incredible chidushin. <clears throat> and Rabbi Nezal says, because at that time, Rabbi Nezal was studying the Sefer Likute Torah of the Arizal. And in this Sefer, Rabbi, the Arizal has incredible chidushin going through the five Chumashim, going through the 24 books of Tanakh. And Rabbi Nezal gave an example one example in the Sefer Likutei Torah, where the Arizal speaks about the Pasuk Shmoino Eile Yolda Milka, that Milka gave birth to these eight. And the Arizal has an incredible Chiddush that the word Eile, Aleph Lamed Hey, eight times Eile, is bigimatria, a certain incredible thing. And the Arizal reveals incredible Kabbalistic Chidushim on that Pasuk. Then Rabbi Nezal went on to say that regarding this, nobody looks at this, that everything that they revealed, everything that's been revealed till now was only in a certain part of Asia, the continent Asia. But the truth is that in our Holy Torah, our Torah speaks about all the continents. For example, Ashkenaz, Germany, is, is explained in the Torah. It's just that the Torah doesn't make a major production out of all of them. The Torah mentions them and then goes on. And wherever the Torah wants to tell a, a major story, like regarding Lovon, Lovon who Arami, Lovon who came from Aram, from Syria, the Torah gives a whole major seeper about it. However, Rabbi Nezal went on to say that in the Torah, all the different countries and all the different continents are hinted to in the Torah. However, the earlier tzaddikim only spoke about what was taking place in the continent of Asia. But the truth is, there were many countries in other parts of the world 
before Matan Torah, before the Torah was given publicly. Because at the time that the Torah was given on Har Sinai, there were already countries, many countries that were far from there, that had heard about Matan Torah through the travelers, through those who carried the mail. For example, Rabbenazar said, He spoke about a country called Zaksin. And Rabbi Nezal said that this country was around even during the time of Avram Avinu. And then he mentioned the country Hungary, also is an old country, and other countries that are not part of the Asian contact, continent. But Rabbi Nezal says in the earlier years, they didn't speak about those countries. They only spoke about Eretz Israel, Syria, Iraq, those countries, <clears throat> or Egypt. And, and just, like, just like in this Pasuk where the Arizal speaks about all of this is referring only to the Asian continent. But Rabbi Nezal says that in our Holy Torah, all the countries all over the world are hinted to, and Moshe Rabbeinu knew about all of them. Yeah, that country Saxon, I believe in English it's Saxony. Then Rabbeinazal went on to say that all of the stories that take place throughout the world, all of them are hinting to very deep things that are going on. There's nothing <clears throat> that's just coincident. There's nothing that just happens because the world is in motion <clears throat> every second. And there's things going on, things happening. And every story that takes place in the world, every action, is marames. It's alluding to things that it's alluding to. <clears throat> but it's all hints compared to Hashem's infinite greatness. And it's all simply hinting to what's going to be in the ultimate future. Because Rabbi Nezal said there's going to come a time when there's going to be Chidish Oilam. Hashem is going to create the world completely new. Rabbi Nezal says that Rabbi Nezal used a term. He said everything going on now in the world is like drot arbit. It's like a person working with thin pieces of thin sticks, metal sticks, putting things together, meaning it's, it's a joke in a sense compared to what's going on in the upper worlds. And Rav Nosanzal says this is obviously referring to very deep things. And Rav Nosanzal says, whoever heard Rav Nosanzal speaking this way was able to get an idea as to 
the, the incredible greatness of things going on to, in the world that we have no idea, we don't understand. And yet each and every single person, based on whatever level they were on, based on what, what, what as much as they had learned, was able to get an idea, a feeling of, of how great the creation is, how great Hashem is, and how there are such awesome things that we don't understand yet, that only in the future will we be able to, to, to realize and understand. Any questions before we close? We'll hold it over here for now. Hashem should help that this great day, the, the great yard sites of today and the thousands of Jews that are traveling in Eretz Yisrael, there's a tremendous heat wave in Eretz Yisrael and being outside in this heat is, is itself a major Mesiras Nefesh. Hashem should help that all the Mesiras Nefesh of all the Jews in serving Hashem and in, in trying to get close to Tzadikim, that Hashem should reveal the, the final Tzadik, Moshiach ben David, and, and give us the give us the new new base samikdash, the eternal base samikdash, in Hera Biamenu, Amen Biamen. Thank you, Reb Nelson. Sure. A good week to all, a meaningful fast, and all the Yeshua's and Rafuas that all of us need.